welcome to Grave to Great. I'm your host, Tracy Wood, and this is our weekly podcast where we discuss end-of-life issues, hospice care, and implications for families and their caregivers. Let's get into the show. Thank you so much for joining me today on another episode of Grave to Great. I have the pleasure today of uh, talking with Dr. Martina Harris. Dr. Harris is the Assistant Dean of Nursing for Chattanooga State Community College here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Welcome, Dr. Harris. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing fine this morning. Thank you. Well, Dr. Harris, I am uh, thrilled that you were able to join today. I wanted to talk a little bit about end-of-life care and hospice and palliative care in, in nursing students. And, and just wondering, before we hop into that, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what a day looks like for you at Chattanooga State in your, in your nursing program. Yes, again, thank you so much for having me. Uh, a typical day, well, prior to COVID, I would be more definitive, but uh, during this COVID pandemic, it uh, it varies. So um, let's just go with a typical day is that I have the pleasure, like you said, of serving as Assistant Dean of Nursing and Allied Health at Chattanooga State, and primarily, I have direct oversight of the registered nursing program. Uh, we have an amazing program and one in which our students, uh, when they graduate from the program, they uh, pass the NCLEX on the first attempt and go to work. In addition to the nursing, we also have various uh, allied health programs, respiratory therapy, radiation. We have sonography. We have dental. So there are so many other allied health programs. But again, like I said, primarily I have uh, day-to-day responsibility for the nursing program. And on any given time, we have an average enrollment of about 320 students. So I love it. I've been at Chattanooga State since 2013. Prior to that, I was at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga in a faculty role and uh, have just always uh, wanted to be sure that we are preparing our students to meet the needs of the community. Well, thank you so much for all the work that you did, Dr. Harris. It is um, it is uh, much needed work, and you know our communities could not be served with the outstanding care that is provided by um, our nurses and our frontline workers. And without uh, programs like yours that prepare students to become high-quality uh, healthcare uh, professionals, um, we, we would definitely be in a, different, in a different place. So thank you for all that you do and your leadership there. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the curriculum and a little bit about, um, you know, how, how it has changed over time. I remember at one point, um, nursing programs and even some physician programs didn't really talk a lot about end of life or hospice or palliative care. Uh, can you tell me, have, have you, has your program made that change? Um, do you talk about end of life? Since end of life is such a big part of life and how we um, embrace it makes all the difference in the world. Yes, I, I totally agree. Uh, for many years, uh, even in my undergraduate curriculum, is that you just kind of heard about it, death and dying, but you really didn't, you weren't taught about it. And so now 
what we are doing at Chattanooga State is that we have really begun to prepare students prior to their graduation. And so one uh, teaching method that we are using is we are using simulation-based education. Because oftentimes, as you, you and I both know, Talking about death and dying is a is a uh, difficult subject. Some people have had experiences where death and dying was not one that was a pleasant experience. And what I mean by pleasant is that it was just there were a lot of things that uh, caused obstacles. And so what we are trying to do is that we have created one of my faculties, Marie Lawaze. She has created a death and dying scenario that students actually we have a um, we have retained two volunteers that serve as standardized patients, and the students actually are working uh, to talk about some of those difficult subjects about how to talk about uh, no codes, how to talk about what what do you want to do when that time comes. Um, so yes, you're exactly right, is that many programs now, and again, are starting to put those type of content in, in embedded in the curriculum uh, because we have found that students graduate and they have never actually cared for a client or a patient during the active phases of death and dying. And they get out there and they're a registered nurse and they have no experience to draw from. And so what we are doing is we're trying to kind of prevent those first experiences being a uh, devastating experience. So that's some of the things that we're doing at Chattanooga State to help uh, educate and prepare students to be able to be effective communicators in those end stages of life. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing that. And again, I, I am, of course, um, thrilled to hear about all of the wonderful work that um, Chattanooga State is doing to prepare nurses for the future. Um, just changing gears a little bit, and I know we didn't really plan to talk about this, but I wanted to talk about two things with you. Uh, one thing is about uh, COVID. So we know that right now we are seeing such a surge in cases across the country in our community. Um, when you hear of your, just, you know, have the opportunity to sit and talk with your students, uh, how are they embracing COVID, and how how do they look at the vaccine and and moving into their new profession? So when COVID, when we first had to transition in March of 2020 from a um, on ground to a hybrid, there was a lot of trepidation from students and faculty as to what does this look like for us going to clinicals, and so. Uh, we, as many institutions and academic institutions did, is that we just were able to get through the spring semester. Prior to and over the uh, summer months, we created a task force because we did. We wanted our students in the allied health and nursing programs to know that safety was our number one concern, and we were not going to put them in a situation where they did not feel safe. And so I, uh, we did conduct a survey, and what uh, students what it showed on the survey is that students understood that being healthcare providers, there are risks that come along with that. And so ensuring that they had the appropriate PPE and the appropriate uh, other precautions, we did not have one student that did not say that they were not ready to go to clinical. And so um, that that you know that was one of the things that we did. We want to we wanted to be sure that students knew that we we had their best interest. So that was our um, take on it. So as we oh, continue, that's awesome, and that that really speaks to their passion 
for their yes. their choice of foods in the future. Yes, that's awesome. And um, I wanted to just kind of, you know, you have an awesome career, and I know so many uh, younger people listen to our podcast too. So, if someone wanted to become an assistant dean or really work in academia in a community college setting, um, what tidbits or advice would you give them? I would tell them to find a mentor. And if this is something that you want to do in administration, is that it definitely is possible. And so 20 years ago, I would have never thought that I would be assistant dean of nursing at Allied Health. But one thing I did is I love nursing. I love preparing students to be nurses. I love my profession. And so I think uh, one of those things is that you have to have the passion. And if you have the passion, whether it be a teacher, a nursing instructor, a dean, a CEO, um, that's the first first thing is have passion and then seek out a mentor, someone that can give you some uh, firsthand information about some of the nuances of the particular pro, a particular job and uh, just go for it. Just go for it. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for taking some time out to talk with me, Dr. Harris. It has been a sheer pleasure, and I'd love to have you back anytime. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a Thank wonderful you. holiday. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to collaborating again soon. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To keep up to date with our future episodes, head on over to GraveToGreat.com. And be sure to give us a review of your favorite podcast app. We'll be back with a new episode next week. See you then. Mm-hmm.